Redbox Media Programming is brought to you by... We've got good news. The world is open again, and people like you, people of faith, are traveling to Catholic sites around the world. Want to travel with exceptional Catholic leaders this fall, next year, or in the future? Are you looking to see specific sites, celebrate traditional Latin Mass, or travel to destinations without vaccine requirements? We are here to help you deepen your faith on pilgrimage. Give us a call at 1-800-842-4842 or visit us online at selectinternationaltours.com. Select International Tours is your pilgrimage company, and we have the perfect Catholic trip for you. Are you looking to serve God and society? Consider putting your gifts to work as a lawyer. Ave Maria School of Law has been educating faith-filled lawyers for over 20 years. Ave Maria School of Law is committed to training lawyers to use law appropriately around the moral issues of our time. Visit AveMariaLaw.edu to learn more about integrating your faith with a law degree. Welcome to Quote Me, a weekly podcast that seeks to encourage, inspire, and lift you up to be all you were created to be. Words are powerful. Recognizing and celebrating the impact they have on our lives can comfort or challenge us, or both at once. I'm your host, Lindsay Schlegel, and I'm so glad you're here. Today, I hope we can honor the truth, beauty, and goodness of well-chosen language, and so glorify God. Let's begin. My guest today is Rhonda Grunewald, founder and president of Vocation Ministry, and author of the recently released The Harvest, A Guide to Vocation Ministry and Education. Rhonda, welcome. Thank you. So glad to be with you. I'm so excited to chat with you about vocation and about your story and and how you got to where you are and how you're moving forward. So let's start with a quote. You have a great quote from Mother Angelica. Unless you are willing to do the ridiculous, God will not do the miraculous. Fabulous. Like the, and, it, um, and it encompasses my story so well that you're like, once you hear the story, you're like, well, and of course the quote. Please <laughs> like, something what? Mother Angelica wrote about you. Yeah. <laughs> well, I just think it's hilarious whenever I think about the fact that a, a convert and laywoman is having to speak with priests about how to promote vocations. Let's just go there. Yeah, now, sure, that sure. sounds fairly ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> like the convert had to come into the Catholic Church to right. to do something about vocations. <laughs> yeah. So what what led you to that? How did you get there? Well, um, I grew up with no faith whatsoever. I'm baptized when I'm 25 and in the Methodist Church. Uh, the next year, I met my husband David, and now 24 years we've been married. And um, then in 2011, we had a brand new priest at our parish, and he called out of the blue one day and said, can you come to a meeting about priests and such up at church in three hours? <laughs> oh, okay. All right. Well, that was pretty vague, but I love our priests. Okay. Um, so he was tasked with resurrecting the parish vocation committee. Okay. Uh, truth be told, in 2011, so 10 years ago, I had no idea what he was talking about, though. That's a sad state of affairs that at that point I was 12 years a Catholic and I didn't know what the word vocation meant. And it was so. in your parish. It wasn't a diocesan thing. It was for your parish. Exactly. So, and no one had been talking about it in all this time. So you didn't know it existed. 
it was just lying fallow. Or, or that that our priests had never talked about priests of religious life and sacramental marriage as being vocations, or you know, or right, anything all the way above, perhaps. Yeah, I mean, I just had no clue what we were talking about. But he was like, "This is one of the most important things we could do in our parish, Rhonda." And every parish is supposed to be doing this. And I'm like, "Well, okay." Sign <laughs> me up. What are we doing? I, I have to do this. Then obviously, so I go home and I Google what's a vocation and. Uh, because I had no clue what we we're talking about. And then the, I'm looking at parish vocation committee thinking if I type that into Google, then there's going to be a document that comes to my printer to tell me how to do this because right. the Catholic church is old. Right. Even though I was new to the church, like there should be something to tell, especially as father Victor said, every parish is supposed to be doing this. So right. every parish supposed to be doing this. there should be telling us something how to do this, but no. So we just let our the Holy Spirit guide us. We start praying and promoting vocations and we started adoration for vocations and praying after mass and doing fun, silly things uh, for education, like playing pin the miter on the bishop at the parish festival. Um, you know, all kinds of fun things, getting our sisters and seminarians and priests into the, all oh, the 600 kids school that we have, you know, like just trying to get anything we could go to happen for vocations. So uh, two years into that, then the Archdiocese of Galveston, Houston said, hey, um, how can we do that all over Houston? And I said, well, maybe I could write a pamphlet. And that pamphlet turned into my first book, Hundredfold, A Guide to Parish Vocation Ministry. And it was the A to Z guide, the thing that I was hoping to find yeah. when I Googled what's a vocation and how to do this. That's what I wish would have come out of it. Um, and it has 67 activities on a, what a parish can do to create a culture of vocations. And um, then I launched vocationministry.com, which has all the resources. So if somebody likes an activity, then they just go to the vo vocationministry.com and they download the thing and they put their parish name on it. I wanted to make this so easy that anybody would say yes to doing this. Well, I'm thinking I'm done. <clears throat> I'm done. I did it. I wrote the book. We're good. I can put my feet up. But then I went to a vocation director's conference. So every diocese has a priest who's deemed the vocation director. So they all go to this conference and I'm there telling them about hundredfold, you know, hoping that maybe they will think this is a worthy thing to get for their parishes to promote vocations. And they started asking me, can you come speak to our priests? Can you come speak to our parishioners? And I was like, what? Uh, hello, D did you read the first part of the book? I'm a convert. <laughs> There's a rule against converts talking to priests. We can't do that. We don't know how to, no, that's not how this works. And they just said, yes, and you're the one. And, and they just kept asking. And so I just kept saying yes. And we just gave our 100th workshop in our 48th diocese in just five years. <laughs> like, so, so the drought and the, the lack of resources for me at my parish was indicative of what's happening across the United States. And I just didn't know that when I jumped into this. Right. Because um, you were just saying yes to the next thing. Exactly. Like, in no prayer, I am called to figure out vocation, ministry, discernment things. I will go do that. It is on my fridge on a post-it now. It was, God asked me to do this one thing and I will do it. God is asking me to do this thing and I will do it. Exactly. And it just kept going like that. And, but is at the same time, and that's where this quote comes in with, from Mother Angelica. So it was in um, 2013, I am writing Hundredfold, the first book, 
and it's eight to 10 hours a day in front of the computer, you know, popping up at dinner time going, oh my gosh, I, I totally, <laughs> did I make dinner? Um, and then <laughs> if, and then we're eating dinner and I'm like, oh my gosh, I gotta go write this down, you know, um, that kind of stuff. And, and my husband's like, you know, you know, those two offspring we have, <laughs> they may need some help. <laughs> like, <laughs> and so I'm like starting to doubt, you know, first of all, should I be doing all of this? Like starting a website? Should I, I be writing a book? Should I be doing any of this? I mean, I am a convert after all, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It was always the back of my head going, really, Lord, is this what you want me to do? And um, so my spiritual director, said, look, I want you to keep the sacraments really close. I want you to go to daily adoration. Um, and it was the novena, the Holy Spirit at the same time as I'm reading Mother Angelica's biography by Raymond Arroyo. Okay. All these things are happening at the same time. Okay. And as I'm like finishing the book as the end of the novena and all the things and all through that book, Mother Angelica is doing the exact same thing in the fact that she is asking the question, Lord, really? Should I, a nun be starting a this worldwide global thing? Should I be buying a six hundred thousand dollars satellite when I don't have any money? Like, <laughs> should I be? You know, I mean, all the, the things. To that should question I, is always yes. Yes, satellite question is always, always yes. It was always yes. If I put it in front of you, this is what you know. She's coming to the realization that if the Holy Spirit put it in front of her, she was supposed to say yes. If it wasn't supposed to happen, it won't be put in front of her, or the doors will close very quickly. Yes. Okay. So I just started like living by that. Like if God would sought providentially to put this in front of me, all these opportunities to speak with priests and parishioners around the country, then obviously it was meant for me to do and it will be fruitful if I say yes. And it has been fruitful. We've seen dioceses go from three seminarians to 18 in three years. Whoa. Because they've been, awesome. okay, now Lindsay, this won't shock you at all. But if you're actually intentional about something, the fruit can come. Like yeah. the problem is in the United States, we've been like, Hey, the Holy Spirit will provide the Holy Spirit. He's going to do all he needs to do while we do nothing. Yeah. While our, the soil in our parishes and our schools and many families is so rocky, nothing's going to happen. Yep. Yep. No seeds will be planted because the, the soil is so rocky. So I said, we are like the gardeners, the people at the parish who decide to do this or a teacher at a school decided to they're the gardener. They're just getting the soil ready for the Holy Spirit to do the heavy lifting, to, to plant the seed into a child's mind. When year after year, 75% of the newly ordained said they first heard the call between birth and 18 years of age. Whoa. I just got chills all over. Right. So, so this is in the home. This is when it, we're the parents of the first educators of our children. And you know, and it's and when they're in, that in our or in catechism or, or sitting at the pew, are they, uh, maybe they're altar serving. Like that's yep. when all those things are happening, but what's going on is they hear the call and then it's not nurtured. They don't hear anybody else talking about it. Right. There's not a discernment group at their high school. Um, they, they, they don't know what to do with this. And right. so right. we have a ton so many lost vocations walking around who got married or stayed single because there was they didn't know what to do with it. 
Right. You see a kid has a talent at music, you get them piano lessons, right? Yeah. 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 And we've seen that in our par like our parish. I'm going to brag a little bit. Our parish, ha we have a seminarian now who's um, a temporary, he's currently a temporary deacon. Um, and one of our best friends was ordained a priest two years ago. Um, a few weeks ago, while well, recording this over the summer right now, over the summer one day we had four children altar servers because they wanted to serve. Yes. In a safe yes. way, everything was fine. Um, and at the end of mass, our priest who is not one to brag about stuff was like, do you see this? Like, this is because this parish, like, the people here want this and like because you're bringing your children to daily mass and because you're praying for vocations like this is this is something that is in our consciousness it is on the top of our minds and you can see the fruit of it and it's, it's not like my son who thinks maybe he's called to the priesthood is serving next to a seminarian who one day over the summer then we went to our orthodontist and our seminarian was at the orthodontist he has braces. It was great. But it was like our orthodontist also knew, he knew that we knew the seminarian. He's like, guys, hang on. I have someone I want you to see. And he brings Sebastian in and we're like, hey, cool. Our seminarian's at the orthodontist. Like even that little thing, like seminarians are real people. You don't just see them up on the altar. They also have to get their teeth cleaned. Like even just that, I think you're right. Like having them in our schools. Um, up until this year, we had sisters uh, of Christian charity in our kids' schools, and this year we can, and it's super sad. There's, there aren't enough sisters to go around. And so they're not in our school this year because we can't. And it's like devastating because they were fabulous. I mean, all the teachers in our kids' school are great, but like our kids were seeing every day women who gave themselves to God and who recognized the vocation and were living it. And you're right, you need to see it to understand it's a possibility. It's true. And we don't have enough sisters. Um, and so, and, and there are plenty of women discerning that call. It is much more difficult to discern a religious life than it is diocesan priesthood. If you say yes to diocesan priesthood, they're going to be, okay, well, you go to this and then you're going to go to this seminary and then you're going to sure. be la, 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 right? I mean, like there's a path. It's all yeah. different. You want to be a sister. You got to figure out what charism you want. You, you think you're called to and then within that you got to figure out okay which community is it because there are hundreds of them across the country mm. and you've got to travel to them and go stay with them and see if that's what it, huh? I mean it's very difficult um and and so the path is much harder for them right so let's make something easy shall we right like, so how can we support that what else can we what can we do Exactly. So, well, we've got a lot of different, I mean, vocation ministry is doing what it can do. We have a discernment group for women with 650 women in it wow. at our Facebook page at vocation ministry, go to Facebook page, vocation ministry. And then there are groups within that. The veil is the, for the women and then the collar for the men. So we're trying to help them and give them the support and information right. they need. Uh, we've had some virtual events to help discerners as well. One called behind the veil which is a virtual look into consecrated life and life in a convent. We've been into cloistered convents cool. with nuns. So that's all on our YouTube channel. You can go there and look at the playlist behind the veil. Um, and we've had behind the habit for male religious orders. Um, we're about to do just the behind the collar, which is a look into diocesan priesthood. So, um, so we're, we're doing that our part. Families, how about let's support our children when they 
saying, maybe I want to be a priest or maybe I want to be a sister. Right. And asking them, right? Like, not what do you want to be when you grow up, but what do you think God is calling to when you grow up? Yeah. And how can you serve? Yes. Uh, how can you yes. serve? You, what, are what, so, what your- you are great at playing the piano. I'm so, I love listening. This is a conversation I actually have with my kids. I love hearing you play. This is so great. I wonder if you could play at mass sometime. Like actually my kid's piano teacher is the pianist at our church, which is awesome. So like they see her serving and we've pointed out to them, like she has this gift, she nurtured it. And now she does this. And after mass one day, she's like, guys, come on over. And she's showing them how the organ works. Yeah. Like all the knobs and stuff, you know, and they're like, oh, I like putting the pieces together. I know how to do this part. I could learn that part too. Yep. And learning how to uh, show your children that they're, they're small yeses, like pointing out their yeses to God so that when the big call comes, they can more easily say yes, because they've been saying yes to God and yes. they've seen it be fruitful. So just pointing it out and being really clear about that, praying for your priest at the end of bless us, O Lord, and these thy gifts. Okay. Yeah. God, when you go through and when you say that prayer in our family, then we start praying. We say, God bless this person and this person and this person. Make sure your priest is in there. Pray for your priest on a regular basis. Let your kids hear it and let them hear you not complaining about how long his homily is on the way home, but say thank you when you leave and, and, and why his homily matters and makes a difference. Um, and when they're praying, you're praying with your kids at night, have them hear you say, God, I know that you have a huge plan for Abby to bring her joy and fulfill her and bring her to the ultimate goal of heaven. Like we've got to normalize this, that, that sainthood is the goal and how you get there is your vocation priesthood, religious life, sacramental marriage. Right. And this is, I mean, we want our kids to be happy, right? And we know that this is the literally the only thing that is actually going to make them happy following their, in the vocation, figuring out and following it and being there to support them in the hard parts and celebrating the, the, the joys as they get there. Yeah. The ultimate good, their yeah. ultimate good is what's going to bring them the most joy. And that is what, uh, that God wants and our blessed mother wants. So yeah. keep that all in mind as you're going forward. So is that if you're in family life, there's, those are some tips for you. If you are, if you are educator in any form or fashion, uh, making sure that your language supports that, meaning speak well of priests, speak well of sisters and married couples and have those good examples in front of the kids. I don't know if you know, but there's a community of sisters in habits that read books from all ages into video so that it looks like that they're reading to the kids like click, clack, moo for little ones. And they, but they've got all the way through all these different books that they read to the kids. And it, it's so awesome. So, so if you don't have a sister, right, you put in front of them, Give them a video of a we'll sister. Link to it in the show notes. Awesome. I'm going to your um, your YouTube channels and your your Facebook also because there's a ton of stuff out there. I love I'm I love that you saw a need and you fulfilled it. That's that's what we're called to do, right? To figure out if I read one somewhere. Um, I think oh I can't remember the title of the book now. It was about um, it was about getting your kids ready for their vocations. But at one point, the 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 man of the couple was talking about his his journey to figuring out that he was called to marriage, not to, not to priesthood. And 
he was like trying to do everything for everyone. And he realized that if he did his thing and if everybody did the thing that they were called to do, everything that needed to get done would get done. So I think that's super encouraging. You can't do everything. You're not called to do anything, but just like the start of the show says, right? Like we're, let's help, let's understand who we're created to be so that we can go live that. Amen. Because if we, we're all doing what we're supposed to be doing, our seminaries will be full or, you know, the religious yep. houses will be full. You know, we'll have more married couples because we need more married couples. Yeah. Yeah. We do have to wrap it up there. Um, I feel like we could chat about this forever, but um, thank you so much for all you're doing. Thank you for these, um, these books you've created. We're going to link, there's going to be a ton of notes um, uh, or sorry, links in the show notes um, to that biography of mother Angelica and all the things we've talked about. So thank you so much for spending this time with me today. Thank you. God bless you. Thank you. You too. Uh, listeners as always to suggest a quote or a guest, follow the show on Instagram, quote me underscore podcast, or contact me at my website, lindsayschlegel.com. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to the podcast, leave a review wherever you find your shows, and tell a friend. Until next time, God bless you. This is Kevin O'Brien of EWTN's Theater of the Word. I'm excited also to teach middle school and high school literature, speech, and drama with homeschoolconnections.com, an online Catholic curriculum provider. Your student can meet with me online for a live, interactive class. Whether you take apologetics with John Martinoni or grade school with Jackie De La Viaga, or any of the other 400-plus courses with homeschoolconnections.com, online Catholic learning for your homeschooling family is available for you.